Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. 1 Peter chapter 4, living for God. So then, since Christ suffered physical pain, you must arm yourselves with the same attitude he had and be ready to suffer too. For if you have suffered physically for Christ, you have finished with sin. You won't spend the rest of your lives chasing your own desires, but you will be anxious to do the will of God. You have had enough in the past of the evil things that godless people enjoy, their immorality and lust, their feasting and drunkenness and wild parties, and their terrible worship of idols. Of course, your former friends are surprised when you no longer plunge into the flood of wild and destructive things they do, so they slander you. But remember that they will have to face God, who will judge everyone, both the living and the dead. That is why the good news was preached to those who are now dead. So although they were destined to die like all people, they now live forever with God in the Spirit. The end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Suffering for being a Christian. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through, as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad, for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering, so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. So be happy when you are insulted for being a Christian. For then the glorious spirit of God rests upon you. If you suffer, however, it must not be for murder, stealing, making trouble, or prying into other people's affairs. But it is no shame to suffer for being a Christian. Praise God for the privilege of being called by his name. For the time has come for judgment, and it must begin with God's household. And if judgment begins with us, what terrible fate awaits those who have never obeyed God's good news. And also, if the righteous are barely saved, what will happen to godless sinners? So if you are suffering in a manner that pleases God, keep on doing what is right and trust your lives to the God who created you, for he will never fail you. If you can hear this message, listen closely to the exiled, misunderstood or upside down. This is your message of hope. When problems come, use them. When enemies persecute you, love them. These struggles are a fire refining you into gold. Look around. You are not forgotten. You are not alone. Challenge what is expected of you. This world is not your home. 
You are different. Yes, amen. Good morning. How are you guys doing What's today? Yeah. Dude, that feels like a, I don't know, like a movie entrance. Like, it's, I love that feel. I was, I get gassed up, like, listening to that. That's it, pretty serious. It is serious. It like was, Batman. Like, I, I love Batman, Dark Knight Rises. I like, that's what I feel when I hear that. I'm like, like, yo, let me just take over a city. Kick Joker's butt, man. Yes. Star Wars. That's coming out soon. Dude, that too. Who's, who's a Star Wars is fan anybody in the building? Any Star, Star Wars, Wars fans in the building? There's like three yes. of y'all. What is going on in city life? Yes. Man, this is great. Oh, my goodness. Hey, we are so glad that you're here today for real, man. Today is going to be an awesome day. We got some guest speakers up here, a.k.a. Devin McBuckets and me, Rob. Uh, Man, if it's your first time here, thank you so much for being here. Jerome is over at Element Church uh, speaking in East Lansing. And uh, so we get the privilege to be here today and and to share some cool things. But, man, we're just glad you're here. Everyone have a pretty good Thanksgiving. I know... Life is up and down, but everyone okay, pretty decent for the most part. Anybody eat some turkey? We good? You guys still sleepy? Someone ate some leftovers this morning? Anybody? Nope, nobody. I had pumpkin pie before I went to bed last night. That's good. It was awesome. I had a Mancino sub this morning for breakfast. Are you serious? It's like three days old. It was great. That's another level. That's another level. Well, awesome, man. We're so uh, just honored to be here and to be able to share uh, just some words uh, that are on our heart. And as we dive into to 1 Peter chapter 4, uh, this diff series has just been awesome, man, living differently. And uh, we got some points, man. We prayed about some things, and we just really believe that God's got some, a word for you today, and he's got uh, something that I hope will encourage you. And, uh, but, but Devin's going to kick it off. We just kind of broke down the sections of chapter 4, and we just kind of want to break it down and make it applicable to you and then how we can live this out and apply it in our lives. But Devin's going to kick it off. Yeah, I think uh, this is probably, can I bring this, can we bring this down a little bit? Thank you. Um, this, uh, this is probably one of my favorite sermon topics to talk about is how God redeems our pain. And I think we all have this common experience of feeling frustration or difficulty. That's the definition of suffering. It's this feeling of opposition or hardship to typically a desired state or a goal. And all of us have those things. We want to be happy and we want to achieve things and we all long to belong. And so I love, I love preaching about this. In the past few weeks, uh, Jerome and Joey Forjanic have brought the word. It's been so encouraging to my heart to see that serving equals success and that as Christians, it, what it means to be holy is to experience hard things. And so if that's the case, then we want to follow Jesus. And so we'll say, hey, bring it on. Bring the pain. Bring the frustrations. Bring the difficulties because in it we see Jesus. And so that's where we're going to jump in today. I'm going to read uh, the first couple verses of 1 Peter 4. We're going to go 1 through 2, and then uh, 4 through 5. Uh, this chapter is broken into sections. Um, the first section is 1 through 6. We're going to take a look at this if you want to flip in your Bibles to that. Um, but I'm going to read these first couple verses. It says this. Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking. For whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, so as to live for the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for human passions, but for the will of God. And then jump down to verse 4. With respect to this, your former friends are surprised when you do not join them in the same flood of debauchery, and they malign you or make fun of you. But they will have to give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. And so we see from the very beginning, Paul's definition of suffering and we'll see this later in the chapter, but it's not this idea of I, stand in, I stood on a corner and someone uh, called me an idiot when I tried to share the gospel with them or, or that someone persecuted me for my faith. Paul's first definition of suffering is actually um, 
insults and, and off comments and difficult things from family members and former friends who don't understand your way of life. Now, I don't know about y'all, but sometimes Thanksgiving can be a little awkward, right? That, that uncle who wants to talk about politics all the time or that weird cousin who you don't really understand them, but they, they always have something that kind of puts you off. Those type of things, I think, are what Paul is talking about when it shifts to our different way of life. Peter says that the reason we suffer is because of Jesus. Jesus ultimately suffered in the flesh, um, and we see in Galatians, I'm not going to pull the verse up, but that because we die with Jesus, Christ now lives in us. So it's a very practical working out, this practical living. Because we are different, because we have different values, we suffer. And so Paul, uh, or sorry, not Paul, this is Peter. Uh, Peter, uh, Peter tells us that your former friends, your former people, people who look at you that when you came to church this morning, you told them they had a question on their face. They didn't quite understand why you were getting up at, you know, 8 a.m., 7 a.m., uh, 9 a.m. to come to church on a Sunday, and they start saying, what are you doing, you holy roller? You think you're better than me? Or maybe, why do you even believe in any of that Jesus God stuff? You're really going to get up on a Sunday, man? That's when, I, that's when I'm recovering from my hangover. And so these friends and these people will start to ask you, why are you living this way? Why are you different? And I think it... it points to this this life of Jesus, and and this is where we get this idea of being different, and Jesus kind of models it for us. I think he was different in two ways. Jesus was different in his view of life. Um, In the story of Jesus' crucifixion, when we hear about it, Jesus is in the garden, he's on his knees, and he's praying, he's praying, he's praying to he's praying to God, his Father, Lord, please take the pain from me. Now, I don't know about y'all, but have you ever sweat drops of blood? I haven't. Like, I've never been pressed that hard for anything in my life. Nothing's ever stressed me out that much. Like, it's not that deep that my man's cut me off in traffic, right? It's not that deep. But I get frustrated sometimes. But Jesus is in the garden. He's experiencing this deep pain, knowing he's going to go to the cross. And so here he is saying, Lord, like, if there's anything you can do, take this pain from me. I, I know I relate to that so many times. Lord, take the frustrations, take the financial issues, take the difficult family members and friends, take the difficult job situations. Please get it off my back. And he continues, he says, but Lord, your will be done. And so we see from the very beginning, Jesus viewed life not as a place from comfort or the avoidance of pain, but from a place of obedience. His whole purpose was that he would obey God through pain obedience through pain. That's what it meant for Jesus to live different. I think a really practical one for a lot of you guys here is uh, there's a lot of married couples in the room, right? A lot of married couples, moms, dads, all those things. I think a very practical one I think about on a daily basis is um, when you go to work, when you're willing to uh, commit to uh, showing up on time and not stealing money, but, but being honest about what you do in your work, some of those things are so practical where Jesus says, where your coworkers would, would be tempted to do something different, but you still choose to live holy in that moment, and they'll ask you and they'll question you, why are you doing this? When you can make more money doing this, make more money doing that. A personal story for me is I'm, I'm young. I'm a young 20-something. Um, I have very little facial hair, though. I like to think I'm grown. And uh, it's really funny. A very practical example for me is uh, it's not really a temptation to drugs and alcohol. It's more to accumulate wealth. Our society here in the United States is all about earning. Build your resume, do more things, get more, achieve more, put your face out there, let everyone know who you are. We're social media addicted. And I found it so funny, like I think it was a week ago, my friend, uh, he does spoken word poetry. Um, he's pretty, pretty big up in Grand Rapids. And he posted this video. I'm like, yo, I do spoken word. 
know what I'm saying? When's my video coming up? When am I going to get all my friends saying, Devin, you're so talented. You're so incredible. Like, why don't you come do this for us? Why don't you come travel? Why don't we pay you to, to do all of these things? And I realized in that moment, I'm, I've become obsessed with this idea of uh, making myself look great, making myself glorious, surrounding myself with comfort. And that's the lies that our society puts on us. And so what I think Jesus is telling us immediately is to reorient how you view your own life, that your story is different. Not everyone here is going to be on a stage. Some of us, not everyone here is going to be traveling or making millions of dollars. Some of you will, and that's fantastic. Make sure you let me know, because I have some questions for you if you make a million dollars. But, but Jesus is actually telling us that in the midst of your difficult problems, uh, be obedient. Like, choose to do the low things, the hard things that other people would question you for when it's much easier to make yourself look good. We all have that desire. Come on now. We all have that desire. We all want to look good, put our best foot forward. I think that ultimately comes from a place of where we're unsatisfied with what God's given us. We don't trust Jesus that the life we live, the hair, the shoes, the clothes, the, the environment, the family, is not, it's not what we want until we fill it with, Paul says in verse 3, all kinds of debauchery and evil and darkness because we're trying to avoid pain. And so I think, I think this ultimately leads to this place of, so what do we do? What does this obedience look like? What do we do in the midst of our pain so that we can do the will of God? How do we look like Jesus and do what he's asked us to do? I think Rob has some really good thoughts on that. Man, give it up for Devin, man. He's so sharp. <laughs> You're hilarious. Dude, oh, he said 20-something. He's 21. You're funny. And he wears a size 21 shoe. Facts. And, Only uh, these are boats. My mom calls these paddles. She likes to make fun of me. It's really good. I feel like that shoe could eat my shoe. Too. <laughs> That's awesome. Robbie Goofball, man. Man, no, awesome. this is amazing. So I think, man, one of the ways that we could do this is, is loving, love with the end in mind. I think when we live our life and we love with the end in mind, life begins to get extremely clear. I don't know if anyone's here has been close to death or had anything crazy happen or maybe had a sickness or, or, or something along those lines. And uh, when you are, when you know the end could potentially be near, it has this incredible way of like filtering what really matters. Has anyone ever experienced that or even thought of that? Or maybe you see a movie and you put yourselves in that person's shoes and you're like, man, like, oh my gosh, what would I do if that happened to me? And I think it's almost like it has this way to just really just purify our mind and our soul. But I think the goal and the way we can live is to love with the end in mind. It forces us to live and to love different. Uh, if you could put up 1 Peter chapter 4, uh, verses 7 and 8. It says, The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. This little section right here, when I think it comes to application of how do we apply this entire chapter? How do we imply this, this, this letter that, that Peter is writing? How do we apply it? I think one, loving earnestly. 
I think it says here, love covers a multitude of sins. So in the midst of our suffering, how do we love? I don't know about you, but I get super cranky when I'm like uncomfortable or if I'm sick. Anyone been sick and you're just like, everyone leave me alone. Like, you know what I mean? Like you just want everyone away. Uh, I was recently, I was recently sick a couple weeks ago and uh, my wife Tina here, she was very kind and, and had to take care of three kids under three and me. And she had to take care of me because I'm a baby when I get sick. Uh, so I just remember just in that suffering, like how do you, like in the midst of that, like, how do you keep your cool? How do you still be good? How do you help with the kids? How do you, you know, maybe you got something going on in life. It's like, how do you, man, I mean, typically what happens if someone's having a rough day, you know, they have a rough day because they want all the attention to be about them. They want everything. It's like, there's a, there's a quote that I, that I've heard over the years that I, I still, I, I, I just, I see the fruit of it. I see the truth of it is uh, hurt people, hurt people. And that's so easy to do that when we're in the midst of pain, what do we want to do? We want, to, we want others to feel that pain. We want others to, to know what we're going through. And I think the gospel forces us to live differently. It forces us to rethink that idea and to say, okay, how can I take this pain and turn it around and make it for someone else's gain? And I think Jesus, I, I tried to think of some examples, but I think Jesus, uh, he sets the best example of this. Because before he goes to the cross, um, you know, he's out and he's praying to the Father and he's literally sweating uh, uh, drops of blood. He, it was so, his suffering and, his, and, and just what he knew was about to take place, it was so strong in his heart and his mind that he was sweating drops of blood. And in the midst of that, and I guess I read this, I've read this verse a million times, but for whatever reason, when I was studying and preparing for today, the fact that Jesus asked the Father, hey, is, is there another way? That's pretty wild. That actually, it made me relate to God because I don't know, like when I was sick or if you've been sick or if you've been through pain, uh, I think our first question is like, God, why? Like, is there another way? Like, man, like, why don't I feel better? You know, and I, Jesus sets this incredible example of even in the midst of the most incredible pain, knowing that he was about to be crucified, the most horrible death, the most horrible torture of that day, he still went through with the pain because he knew that, he knew the joy set before him. He knew what was to happen. He knew that he was going to take on the sin of the world and that generations and generations later would experience his love and his grace and his freedom. So he embraced the pain. And I think, how do we apply that to our lives? We have to embrace the pain. I think we live in a culture where we just run from pain. We avoid pain. We avoid tough conversations. We avoid uh, being honest on our taxes. We avoid the difficult decisions. We avoid everything. People are we laughing. Just... They, they did that too. Some of these people, I was yeah. playing me too, yo. Yes. Oh, yes. It is. Trust me. We are all guilty. And... Uh, but I think we try to avoid so much and because and, I, I think what the difficult thing is, we don't think that God wants us to experience pain, which he doesn't. God doesn't want you. I, as a parent, I don't want my kids to suffer, but I know that pain is inevitable. It is, they're going to be faced with difficult. They're going to have to make tough decisions. They're going to have to follow Jesus even when it hurts. So I think we need to continue as believers to make those tough decisions uh, as God is calling us to embrace the pain, not 
to avoid it. Uh, and I don't know, maybe, maybe someone in here is just struggling with unforgiveness. Maybe there's someone in your life where you're just, you just have the hardest time forgiving that person. And suffering may look different. Honestly, suffering in our day might not look, uh, it could potentially, but right now it doesn't look like being beaten or being um, you know, murdered for our faith, even though there are some that are murdered for our faith in our nation. But that might not look to us, but it might be the kind of what Devin was talking about of people talking a certain way about you, or it might just be make it, following Jesus when it hurts. It's gonna hurt to make that apology. It's gonna hurt to forgive that person. Um, so God will give you, I believe he's just gonna let you know something in your heart maybe, and I believe you can find freedom and find joy in that, and that when we love with the end in mind, that we think, man, I was kind of thinking about this uh, this week. Man, what if we, we only had to the end of the year to live? Going into the holiday season, man, it can be super fun, super cool, super stressful, uh, extremely sad for some. Some have lost loved ones, people close to them. And what if we looked, what if we took this opportunity to live with the end in mind and the love with the end in mind and think, man, what if, what if this was my last year? What, what if the, the end of the next five weeks was my last? What were the, were the things you would wanna say? What are the people that you would be, if you were on your deathbed, man, I missed it. That was my opportunity. And I would just encourage all of us, myself included, let's just, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's live radical. Let's, let's not have regret. Let's love with the end in mind. Let's continue to love and push through because there's, there's such a joy that comes through it. There's such a freedom that comes when we love through our pain and we see Jesus setting the example for us. And if we follow in his footsteps, I'd really believe, one, we will understand his sufferings more and we will bring it closer to him and he will give us the strength to make it through that pain and that suffering. So let's love with the end in mind. And I know this season is gonna be hard for some, but let's continue to love, even if we might not have had the best experience or childhood, like let's raise our kids, let's, let's love that person, or maybe you didn't have the best relationship or, or, or marriage and, and, uh, and maybe you're getting remarried or whatever it might be, let's love different. Let's love different. Let's love with the end in mind. Uh, and Devin is gonna kind of share with us how we can find purpose Amen. in our pain. Yeah, I think I'm gonna stand up for this one because I'm, I'm about to get really hyped about this. I'm just, I'm oh, just saying, seriously. Shoot, like, I'm gonna back pur- up. Purpose, purpose will get me gassed up. But check this out. It's so, it's so easy for us, I think, up here we can share and we can say and all of us can kind of put words out of our mouth how, oh yeah, suffer like Jesus does. Like, oh, be a Christian. Be, do all these awesome things. Like, yo, love with the end in mind. It hurts to be different. That's so cool. But, but the truth is human beings are fueled by purpose. We're not fueled by commands. We're not fueled by um, do this, do that. We're fueled by purpose, things we believe. And so if we don't have a purpose for our pain, we won't actually follow through in love with the end of mind like God has called us to. So we're going to break down verses 13 through 18 and what Jesus' purpose for our suffering is. So I'm going to just read 12 through 14 real quick. It says this. I'm reading out of the ESV, so it's a different translation than the NLT, uh, in case you were wondering. It says this, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed to you. 
if you are insulted for the name of Christ and are blessed because the spirit of glory and God rests upon you. Don't even be surprised. I, on a real note, when I read this, I was actually kind of mad at Peter, Peter because it sounds like he's trivializing things that frustrate me. Do not be surprised if it's a no big deal that, that my life is difficult at some level. It's not really difficult, but I'm a baby, and sometimes I think it's difficult. He says, do not be surprised. Why? Because pain comes with being different, just like we talked about in verses 4. But he says rejoice, and that's a weird statement. I want to tell you guys a story. So about a week ago, two weeks ago, and you can ask my mom this. I was, I was livid. Um, I was backing out of my car driveway, 1230 at night, all right, moving my car. It's dark out. I was not paying attention, and uh, I just hit the gas real quick. You know, I was like, all right, I'm going to park in the street. I got to move my car. And, uh, and as, soon as, I, as soon as I back up, I hear this crash, right? And I'm like, oh, shoot, what, it, what now? It's 1230 on a Sunday night, and I have to get up in the morning at 6. What is going on? And I look, out, I look over to my right, and I have this cr- destroyed mirror, like destroyed side mirror. How many of y'all know your car maintenance or the person that fixes your mirrors and paints your mirrors, they way overcharge you to fix their mugs. It was like, it, I, I've called, so I called, I called Sport and Toyota, and I'm like, all right, listen, man, I have this broken mirror. I need you to fix it. And they're like, cool, it's going to be 110 bucks. I'm like, buckets, that's great. Just new mirror, good to go. He's like, yep, 110 bucks. Like, awesome. So I pull up there, and, uh, and he says, yeah, you know, I got an appointment at 5 o'clock. You know, things are, things are happening. I'm like, all right, expectations. I know what's going to happen. This is going to be awesome. $110, I'm out the door. It's going to take an hour. He goes, hey, man, I'm, I'm not sure what the guy told you on the phone. This is actually like a three-hour project, and um, it's going to be like 300 bucks. Now, I don't know about y'all, my first response was not rejoice. My first response was, I want to cuss somebody out, if I'm being real. All right, that's how I felt. And I called my mom, I was really frustrated. I was like, what the heck is happening? Why someone lie to me? <laughs> Seriously, I was pretty mad. It was great. But I found it funny that Peter said rejoice. But ultimately, I think it comes back to verses 12 through 14, what, what Peter's saying here. It says, rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice when his glory is revealed. And so we have to look at what God's purpose in the world is. When God talks about human beings, he talks about you and I, his purpose is that he would reflect or reveal his glory to us and relate with us. God made you to engage with him like a real human being, like a real person. And so God's purpose in our pain has to do the exact same thing. It has to show us more of who God is and then who we are in relation to God. It has to do that, it has to achieve that same end. I'm going to give you all an illustration. Uh, when I was a kid, and I'm sure many of us can relate, my parents, they, they did a lot of things that I didn't quite understand. I was confused about budgets. I didn't know why I had a bedtime, and I didn't like the fact that I had to eat my greens. We were just talking about Brussels sprouts at uh, Thanksgiving. I hate them. If you like them, we can't talk. Um, but uh, we, were, we were talking about this and how it's so interesting that when the kid asked why, we're like, why God, why our pain? Parents, why do I have to eat Brussels sprouts? If your kids ask you that, right, the answer is because. Because, right? That answer doesn't really fulfill me, but I think Jesus has a better answer for us. But it's really hard to explain the, the complexities of restraint, of discipline, of budgets, of how the world kind of works to a four-year-old, let alone a 13-year-old who thinks they know everything, right? And so, God wants us to understand on a heart level who he is and then relate with him on a heart level. That's the purpose of our pain. So here's, here's how we do it. 
when I was, uh, I think I was 19, correct me if I'm wrong, mom and dad, correct me if I'm wrong. Two uh, years ago. Two, two years ago. Two years ago. Yes. Let's just, thank you for the reminder. That's good stuff. Um, two years ago, I go to my parents after my first year of college, second year of college maybe, and uh, I sit down with them. I'm like, it's that one phrase, all of you know, it's famous, you were right. And it hurt on a very deep level. It, it hurt every part of my pride and ego um, to say that, but you were right. And it wasn't until the moment of experience where I tasted for myself the hardships of not having money because I didn't save well or not eating good food and then, you know, feeling like crap the rest of the week. It wasn't until I felt the pains and the pressures of human life when it took its rose-colored glasses off that I was able to appreciate what my parents did for me. And so that's the same thing that God is calling us to do. He wants to reveal his glory to us. Now, some of us, we don't have parents who cared for us like that. Um, some of you have stories where your parents weren't in your life and weren't in the picture. And I think what Jesus wants to do is reinvent or reshape what, uh, what your picture of your parents looks like. He is a good father. And I'm going to read Philippians 3.10. Uh, uh, yeah, Philippians 3.10 through 11, if you can put that on the screen, because I think this is the key here. I think this is where we, we kind of shift gears. And it says this. This is Paul. He's talking about suffering. He says, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. When we choose to love with the end in mind and, and live out this experience of being a Christian, we go from concept to commitment. When we have to give of ourselves and we have to bleed of ourselves because of our love for another human being, by expressing that love, we also experience God's love. If God's purpose for us is that we would relate and reflect him, then the only way we can go from actually knowing God from the idea of being a Christian to the reality of being a Christian is to do what he does. That's why Jesus says, don't just believe me, follow me. We want to go from concepts, from education to experience. And so if you want to know who God is, God's purpose for that and the way he does that is through your pain because that's how he lived. Jesus lived a life of sacrifice. So if we want to taste the love of God, if we want to know who God is, if we want to see his glory revealed like, like 1 Peter tells us, then we have to be a people who don't avoid pain, we embrace it. Because in doing it like Jesus does, we get to taste it ourselves. We get a small glimpse. Just like the parent who, who when they have kids, they can finally understand how much their parents love them. I'm sure some of you can relate. It wasn't until you had your first baby boy or girl where you hold them in that moment. And I always think of like uh, the Lion King. He's like, ah, Savannah, about right? When I always think about that moment, and and someone said, "Wow, yes." Um, I always think about that moment. How every parent describes that as the most beautiful thing in the world because they couldn't believe how much they loved the little human being sitting in their palm, that it fit right here, and they understood the sacrifice. They they started to feel this deep love, and then they find, and then some Christians say, "Oh, I finally got how God loved me." And so in the same way, God wants to do that with our suffering. That's the purpose of it. But when we run, when we choose to hide and fill this gap and avoid pain and avoid discomfort, when we fill it with all kinds of darkness from, from looking sweet on social media and not, talking, and not being real about our lives to not sharing our frustrations with friends to filling it with drugs and alcohol and sex and all kinds of crazy things that we seek to run from the difficult parts of our life, not having difficult conversations, when we do that, we miss God's purpose for us to know him. God wants you to know him. But the only way to do that is to know the suffering Savior. 
And so to do that, you have to be like him. You have to walk with him. Our goal is not to become these tough, enduring soldiers who just kind of like, we just obey. We're so, oh, we're so tough. We're so cool. I just, uh, I do it. God's goal is that you would experience and know him. And so the application, in my opinion, of this, of this text is not like a super, it's not like a specific like, hey, I want you to go give a million dollars. If that's what you're supposed to do, awesome. I don't think that's most of us. I think the, I think the application point of this text is, is that we go from avoiding the difficult parts of our life to embracing them, not seeking them out, not saying I'm really tough because I, I bleed more than you, because I sacrifice more than you. That's legalism. I think what Jesus wants to do is go from this place of we don't avoid pain because when you avoid pain, you avoid loving people. People are messy. We're messy. We're difficult. I'm difficult. Ask anyone who's been around me for long enough. We're all difficult. But if we want to know what it means to follow Jesus, what it means to be a Christian, then we have to go from avoiding difficulty to embracing it when it comes. And that would, that would be my... That'd be my, my, I guess, the application point um, for, for this whole sermon. This, this whole chapter is embrace. Don't run, embrace. It's going to come. People are going to persecute you. Someday, maybe in the United States, we will be killed for our faith. It does happen. 27 people were executed in a church about a month ago for being Christians. It can't happen. But right now, sometimes, it just looks like having a conversation with that uncle who makes you really frustrated when all he does is talk about politics. That's real. Some of y'all smiling. Y'all just talked to him two days ago. You know what I'm saying? And so I, I, it kind of culminates with, with verse 19. And I, I think Rob just closes out with that is what, what does it mean to do this, to embrace this pain? And, and why do we do it? Uh, uh, Rob has a great thought on this. Yeah, I just want to kind of bring it home with this verse. If uh, the worship team could come up, I want to do a song here Yes. after this. But I want to close with this, this verse at the end of... Uh, Chapter 4, this is in the the NLT, but it says, So if you are suffering in a manner that pleases God, keep on doing what is right. Entrust your lives to God who created you, for he will never fail you. I think one of the, the biggest lies is that when we're suffering, we feel like we've done something wrong when we're going through trials and we're going through pain, we feel like, man, I must not have enough faith right now or God must be mad at me. And that is just not the case at all. It is inevitable. We will all face pain. We will all face trials. We will all have to go through difficult times. We will all have to deal with rejection. We will all have to deal with many types of trials. But the beautiful thing is during that, we get to trust God. And this is where, honestly, it's the greatest, it's like, I think God sets us up for this. I think we try to find our hope and our joy and our life in all these things. We try to find them in comfort. We try to find them in, oh, you know, I need a, man, I just need a bigger house. I need a house with uh, two sinks. I need two sinks in the bathroom. So, and I need this, I need a new, I need a new furniture because I'm just not as comfortable. You know, I need to be comfortable. You know, I need a new this, a new that, because everything is built to make us comfortable. And I think sometimes what suffering does is it forces us to think about what really matters. Like I said earlier, of having the end in mind that one day we're going to be face to face with Jesus. That's a crazy thought. My mind cannot fathom that. Just because I'm up here speaking doesn't mean, oh, Rob's got it figured out. I do not have it figured out at all. But I do know this. God is real. 
And I believe this, he is gonna give us joy for our pain. We're gonna experience joy in this life. We're gonna experience beautiful things, babies being born, people are gonna get married. Uh, you're gonna have fun with friends. You're gonna do incredible things. People are gonna start businesses. People are gonna write songs. People are gonna uh, just do incredible things and there's gonna be joy from that. And there's joy, but there's also gonna be pain. But remembering that in the midst of pain, there can still be joy and that's in God's presence. And that's why we worship. That's why we sing. If you ever wonder why we sing, it's because we need to remind ourselves daily of who Jesus is. And music has this ability to just ingrain in our mind these truths of God. So I've asked the worship team to, to sing uh, King of My Heart. And this song is just declaring, God, you are good. And I love it because it's so simple. Jesus, you are good. You're never gonna let me down. And I encourage and I dare all of us to put our faith in that trust, to put our faith in, in God, to trust him in that manner, to just go all in and just to surrender. So we're gonna do this song and, and I'd like to invite, if everyone would be okay, just to stay one more time. And we're gonna do the song and then Devin's gonna come out, we're gonna close. And, uh, but let's, let's really dive in to worship this morning. Let's really examine your heart and let's trust God this morning. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.